Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. I hope you're well and ready for a podcast. If not, then maybe listen to a couple of tunes first and, I don't know, come back when you're fully limbered up. Uh, This is kind of stream of consciousness stuff here. I've not really planned it. But look, this episode features comedian Rhea Lena, who's not just a comic, she's also got a PhD in virology, so she knows a thing or two about viruses, which isn't something we talk about on here, but you've got to admit, it's pretty bloody useful knowing about that sort of stuff these days. Um, I'm still on a bit of a hiatus following the premature birth of my son, who is doing well but still in hospital, but this was recorded before everything kicked off. Hopefully soon I'll be able to record some more, and we've got some great names lined up just waiting to record as soon as my son can come home and I'm not at the hospital all the time. I've explained the situation to my son, and I'll be honest, he didn't seem to give a fuck, so I have no idea how long that will take. Anyway, in the meantime, you're always welcome to share your own thoughts on who and what are dicks on our sister podcast, Compact Dicks, which is entirely made of listener submissions. So tell us who and what you hate at dickspod.com slash contact or on Twitter and Instagram at dickspod. Also, please do subscribe and leave us a review because it's really helpful for us in lots of ways. I won't go into here because they're boring, but they do mean a lot to us. So if you can do that, that would be wicked. All right, I think that's it. So here's Desert Island Dicks with Rhea Lena. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian and doctor of virology, Rhea Lena. How are you doing? Uh, Well, we're in lockdown three, so I am, you know, less good than lockdown one, I suppose. (laughs) Not as bad as lockdown four. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely sapping every bit of strength now. Like at the beginning, you're like, oh, I don't mind it. You know, the roads are quieter. You know, hear the birds singing. Was now the roads aren't quieter. I still can't hear the birds singing, but I can just do less, and I'm angrier at people I see in parks all the time. Well, this is it. You know, there was a reason to cook sourdough and plant flowers, and you know, and do the garden because there was sun. And now there's no sun. It's just mm. dark all the time and cold. Uh, and you know, and I'm married, so that kind of says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> Okay, so I'm kind of getting a sense of your mood at the minute. So does that mean it was uh, quite an easy, an easy um, task, sort of whittling down your choices for today? It was a tricky task, I think, whittling down. It was a very tricky task. Uh, one of the things I've always noticed when you watch a cooking show like Master Chef, and and they get to like episode seven in the middle, and they go, "We asked you all at the beginning what food you hate to cook with the most. Today we're going to make you cook with that food." And so when you said, <laughs> "What is your worst food and drink?" I thought, "Oh, how do I an- you know do I answer this strategically? Am I going to suddenly is the doorbell going to ring in the middle of this and you've actually delivered over a meal of my worst?" <laughs> you know, possibly, you know, my worst nightmare. Um, so I, so that kind of thought process went through my head. Um, but the people one, I think, was the most interesting because it wasn't simply a case of just three people, I think, are... Can I say asshole? Can we swear on yeah, this? Where, where yeah, we it wasn't just about who are three assholes. It was actually about curating three assholes that would be... that would hate each other as much as I would not enjoy being with them. Or it, and And 
with that, I had to sacrifice some of it. So I will admit that maybe individually, there some of these some of my choices aren't that bad. But it's sort of like the coming together of all three of them in yeah. one place that yeah. makes it that would make it either hellish or incredibly entertaining. So that was my thought process was how will I get through months, if not years in isolation with these people? I know they've got to hate each other more than I hate them. And that's how I came up with my choices. Okay, it's a good it's a good idea. I think yeah, I, you're sort of layering these flavors, you know, delicately like a fine chef. So uh, I'm intrigued to see who we get, and uh, let's let's crack straight on with it then. Who's going to be your first choice joining you on the island? Uh, of people, well, uh, my first choice is Pretty Patel. Okay, yeah. Well, not my first choice. Let's just say there's no first choice. There's not like, ooh, we're going to be besties. That there's makes it no sound like, um, yeah, we're not braiding each other's hair in this scenario. <laughs> uh, but I, I, when, when, when I, when you, you know, when we first said come on the show and, and pick through, she really came to mind first as someone. Now, you know, I'm an Asian woman. She's mm-hmm. an Asian woman, and I, and I think that that really colors uh pardon the pardon the pun but that really colors my opinion of her because i'm so bitterly disappointed mm. in her for the choices that she makes over and over and over again and i think yeah. that the idea of being able to actually spend some time alone on an island with her where i can literally slap some sense into her <laughs> is quite appealing yeah and if not just irritate her by the fact that i'm there you know, because yeah, but, I, I am I'm that kind of person that she doesn't know whether, you know, oh, my goodness, am I siding with Rhea or am I trying to deport Rhea off the island? You know, she wouldn't know. It would drive her nuts. Yeah. And because obviously, you know, you so, you know, you have uh, mixed parents, you know, you're a mixed race and you've lived in different places all over the world. And that's just to her. That's that's like unthinkable, isn't it? You know, like when she sort of talked about the ending freedom of movement. She she was almost seemed as happy about stopping us living in other places as she she was stopping other people living here, you know. I, I think if you look at her voting record, she just hates people. She <laughs> g- genuinely hates people. Uh, she votes against welfare. She votes against housing benefits. She she has voted against uh, just equalities and human rights over and over and over again. And she loves military action. She's always going, yeah, let's send the military here. Let's send the military there. Let's, you know, put our mark on things. So, But you have to remember that if you send the military into conflict, they are still people and they could well die. So she's said that she's interested in capital punishment as a way of controlling the masses in terms of scaring people. You know, if you do that, you might, you know, the state might kill you. So she just doesn't like people. It's such a it's such an interesting line to sort of have on your CV to say I'm interested in capital punishment. It's like imagine that on a dating profile. I mean, imagine there, there might be a weird sort of dating app for psychopaths when she's sort of very in demand. Going interests, capital punishment, you know, stopping welfare, you know, ending freedom of movement for people. It's it's just you know someone once said to me that when they see people doing these like acting like this, it's like ask yourself. Is this something a baddie would do? And so many of her actions, you're like, yeah, that's that's what the bad guy would do in a film. Like, I how guess is this- it's the same thing as when you know, if you're, if, you know, how some people, if they don't stop mm. the cycle, if they're beaten as children, they end up beating their own children, and and so on. Or if they're abused, then they continue. She, mu- it must be that that she suffered such horrendous things, and now she's like, well, I got bullied when I first started high school, so now it's your turn. Um, instead of instead of ending the cycle. 
Yeah. Yeah, she's a difficult character to be stuck with because I just don't think... there's it's Like, some of them, some politicians who do bad things, you kind of think... Once you get them out of context, you can sort of see how they might be a personable kind of person. If you removed everything, mm. you know, all their belief systems and, and their, their job, and you just sort of said, me and you here trying to stay alive on the island, you'd probably be OK. Like some of them you get a glimmer, but not not with pretty. No, I and I think as well, you know, there's going to... So there's four of us. Obviously, I have two other people that have, mm-hmm. that have survived this crash with me. And you can see her sitting on the beach going, I'm not helping and I'm not doing anything. Whereas I think I think the other three of us would muck in together and we'd build a shelter and we'd try and find food and we'd use our skills to try and figure something out. But she's the one that would sit there, expect others to work for her and yet participate not a notch in the whole yeah. thing but that's kind of why I picked her I would enjoy watching her suffer <laughs> in that way I would enjoy her sitting out in the rain because she's too stubborn to, to to join in with our shelter building or try and build her own shelter because she thinks she can do better or deserves better and I think that's it I think she feels that she's above others mm. and and um, I'm sorry I trump her in so many ways so yeah. <laughs> I, th- I can imagine also she'd sort of hate you guys for being immigrants on the island but not see herself as part of that somehow that is she'd exactly sort of, it it's that sort of double think she'd be capable of to sort of you know well, think that you're worth worth less than her because you're you're somehow washed up on a desert island actually I'll be honest with you Dan I'm quite looking forward to this island I've been in lockdown <laughs> it's dark it's cold I am actually quite looking forward to this island bit yeah. of sun bit of sand fresh fish yeah. what's not to like about that and she's going to be there in her high heels because you know yeah. she's always got to look the part she refused to go barefoot she'll be robbing robbing pantyhose out of other dead passengers luggage and uh, and I think that it would be everything it would be her worst nightmare and that's why I thought I'm bringing you with me bitch <laughs> okay, good, strong first choice. And uh, who's going to be joining you then? Okay, so my second choice is a woman called Lauren Bobert. Have mm. you heard of Lauren Bobert? I have, I have heard of her. Yeah, but for anyone who's not familiar, give us a little uh, pricey. So, of, so of who she is. Lauren Bobert has just been elected to Congress in this last year. So she is one of these fresh, new, up-and-coming QAnon following. Uh, Trump supporters that yeah. that felt that answered the call uh, and ran in I believe Colorado and is now in Congress. So she's what they would call a freshman. She's brand new to politics. Normally you kind of run at a local level, work your way up. She's just like, nah, I'm aiming for the big house, and she won and she's in. But uh, quite an interesting character. I, I think you could say she's a Karen. She's mm. definitely a Karen. Oh, I'd uh, say she's like. The Karen at the minute, she's sort of their figurehead, isn't she? She's one of two women um, who who have who have gone for election, uh, running on these platforms. Uh, but I think she just exemplifies so much of what we here in the UK look at look at America and and, and stereotype the middle to be. And she's that. So she's she's a little tiny, little five foot, five foot woman. She used to do the whole blonde thing. But now she's for politics, you know, because she has to be serious. So she's gone. (laughs) She's gone brunette, gone brunette for that. But she's this petite little woman um, and she always carries a gun. That is her right. And she is always carrying a gun and she's always fighting for the right to bear arms. She's you know, she's one of those that when they want to ban assault rifles and the rest of it is staunchly against those sorts of of policies uh, being being progressed. Mm-hmm. in the conversation. Uh, she owns 
owns a restaurant called Shooters. Now, uh, Shooters is a common restaurant name all over the world, and it usually means a bit of steak, right? A bit of steak, mm. a bit, maybe a bit of surf and turf. Hers means all of our staff are encouraged to openly carry weapons. Can you imagine sitting in a restaurant and being served by someone who has a who's a semi-automatic weapon strapped yeah. to their waist? Like with your kids being like, no, darling, don't touch the waitress's Glock. Like, you know, leave that alone. Yeah. You know, Just let her put the drinks down, then she might show you her gun. Right, yeah, don't don't not leave a tip at that place. Uh, you better you better be tipping well at shooters. So that's you know that she owns but she has a fascinating background because she actually grew up in, in quite extreme poverty. So she grew up in extreme poverty, dropped out of high school because she got pregnant, she decided to work at McDonald's instead, uh, and and only just got her GED, which is her general education diploma, which is our equivalent of finishing High, it's a high school diploma. She got her high mm-hmm. school diploma last year in order to then run for Congress. Uh, but she, she is. It's really interesting to see her trickle up through the system. She believes in Q. She believes that Q exists. She believes that that there is a conspiracy, an anti-Trump conspiracy that Trump himself is trying to, you know, drain the swamp. Um, you know, there's two ways to drain a swamp. Okay, you can pull the plug and it all goes down, or you can, you know scoop it out with a bucket um and as we all know trump has just gone i'm going swimming and he's kind of doing it both ways uh i am the swamp that's that's what he's done but she's she's up there trying to drain the swamp of the other side she Mm. she also believes in draining the swamp but she's separated herself what's interesting is she separated herself from some of the more extreme q conspiracies so she believes that there is you know an anti-trump conspiracy and a lot of the of the q uh non um Rumors, but she separated herself from the oh, and they're all satanic pedophiles who kidnap children and drink their blood. Yeah, which just by rejecting that one policy, everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's so reasonable. Oh yeah, everything she says, <laughs> I totally, I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, 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 not the crazy one, but everything else. <laughs> uh, but I, I thought I'd invite her on the island because. Contrary, even though she's very similar to Priti Patel, and I thought, oh, would they form an alliance? Would they form an alliance? I'm like, no, mm. because I think the color of her skin, of Priti's skin and mine, to a certain extent, would just shortwire her brain. I don't know oh, if she'd yeah. be able to handle the fact that that there's three women on the. She would definitely pull rank as the mm. white woman. Although I've looked at pictures of her, and I'm going, maybe I haven't been able to find out her background. Maybe there's more to it because she's not. A blonde Barbie. She's, you know, mm. she she's not Kellyanne Conway. She's not Ivanka Trump. Uh, so there's definitely something going on there. But I wonder if she would definitely pull rank because she's Caucasian. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, that would be confusing for Pretty as well because, I, I, yeah, she's such a funny character. I mean, funny in obviously not humorous. I mean, she's terrifying, really. Like, I, I saw a video of her. You know, I think it went viral when she got elected. She made a video of herself going, "This is me, and this is my handgun, and I'm going to be proudly carrying it into the into the Senate." Um, and you just think, "But like, I get it. You like guns, like, you know, but but why? Do, you don't need it in there. You've got armed guards. Like, even if you sort of say, oh, it's very dangerous around that sort of area because you know you keep inciting people to go and riot there.' Like, surely." You don't need it in your office. It's such a weird thing. Like, you're going to save everyone if, if 
armed like militants come in or something. It's just well, such a well, bizarre yeah. thing. Well, and also, since the armed militants are on your side, uh, yeah. definitely, you know, it's never the left that goes charging in with weaponry. It's usually uh, the right. But she's such a she's such a mix of contradictions. You know that she advocates eliminating the Department of Education. I don't know what I don't quite understand. Like, what are you replacing that? Are all children just being given a gun at nine and taught to shoot it, and that's it? Um, she <laughs> she opposes abortion. She opposes mm. comprehensive sex education and federal funding of Planned Parenthood. But this is a and 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 I guess it's because she got pregnant as a teenager and has worked her way up in the world. And I think mm. a little bit like Pretty believes that well. You know that the working class are just lazy, and that they should, you know, that they should that that kind of belief that oh, if you're at the bottom, it's your fault. And you go that I would really relish the opportunity to point out the error of her ways. Yeah, yeah. for for that kind of thinking, she's of course against anything environmental. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. called global warming; it's called summer. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's just so weird, isn't it, when you have people who are sort of so, you know, they always quote about, you know, they go, this is our our right according to this amendment. And I think as the comedian Jim Jeffries pointed out, he's like, they're amendments. They've already been amended, so you can amend them again. You know, it's like mm. when, some, when you realise that there's too many people with guns killing each other, then, you know, like I looked up the amount of mass shootings in America in 2020. Oh, oh dear. Go in 2020? In 2020. Oh, that's interesting. OK. And, um, and apparently, according to Wikipedia, because there's a Wikipedia page for US mass shootings in 2020, because that's how many there are. And it says, you know, it's got to be over four people involved. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes it mass. Over 600. I think it was something like 680. I, and it's just... I mean, so at that point, when how are Sorry, you then six hundred and eighty in twenty twenty in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. So this is according to Wikipedia. Um, let me see if I can find it again. Um, What's the math on that? Six hundred and eighty times four people is twenty four hundred plus three twenty twenty seven twenty two thousand seven hundred twenty people have been involved so, in mass shooting, have been killed or shot in mass shootings. Oh, sorry, in, 615 mass shootings. That 615 mass shootings, OK. So, so that's that was, 2,460 well, people have been involved in mass shootings in a year where you're all supposed to stay at home. Yes. So, well, according to the Wikipedia thing, we've got 615 mass shootings in 2020 that fit the criteria, uh, resulting in 521 deaths, 2,541 injuries for a total of 3,062 victims. And compared to the previous year, that's 181 more incidents. More? Apparently, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, you know, you're sitting around, you're isolating, you know, you're homeschooling, you get bored, you know, nothing to do. You can't go to the pub. I don't know. I don't mean to make light of this. But I mean, it's sort of when people kind of talk about like, well, if if we get rid of all our guns, how are we going to protect ourselves? It's like, if you get rid of the guns, you don't have to protect yourselves. That's the thing. What are you protecting yourself against? Uh, Yeah. Well, clearly, educated people. She's absolutely petrified of educated people. That's why she wants to get rid of the the board of education. Um, she's just—it's just strange that she run. This is the other thing because she she will there. She is running on a law and order platform as well. Mm. You know, she believes in law and order. She believes in supporting the police and all of the weaponry and everything. You know, doesn't want to demilitarize them, and yet she keeps getting arrested and not showing up to court. 
it, it just the, just a mass of contradictions. But I worry, I guess I worry a little bit having her on the island that she isn't actually I've come to the conclusion in the past couple of years with everything that's going on that some people don't have the ability to actually understand ration. Like I, mm. I think that ration is not of not a, is not available to all of us. Mm. And I mean, when I'm thinking of sort of any kind of positive about having her on the island, I was thinking, well, you know, she'd have a few bullets in her gun that'd be useful for killing food, but she wouldn't because yes. you've just been in a plane crash. So presumably, even with the most liberal, liberal um, flight, uh, you know, uh, airplane carriers, you know, you're not going to be able to have have a gun on board. So she's not even got that, and that's about the only useful thing she could bring to the island. Uh, who's going to be rounding off the the uh, three people joining you? All right, this is contra- I I recognize that this is controversial. And when okay. I thought about it, again, this was about uh this was about contrast and this was about, you know, putting together people that would create a certain amount of entertaining conflict. Can I just say mm-hmm. that out, out first? So yeah. my third choice is Owen Jones, the Guardian, okay. the Guardian okay. journalist. Now, um and I and, and it's and I suppose it's controversial from the point of view that obviously I personally, politically, do agree with an awful lot of what he says a lot mm. of the time. Uh, but what I fundamentally disagree with, I think, is the way, is is the contradiction and the hypocrisy again of how he approaches his own advocacy. Okay. And I think that's why I felt that that he would... he. That's why I felt he qualified to come on the island. But also, remember, I've already got Lauren and Pretty there. And just, come on, if you know if you know Owen Jones, you know introducing him into this situation is, is a three-act play that we could go on for years. It just, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to oh, be yeah. fun None to be of had. Them are gonna, none of them are going to be biting their tongue at any point. They're just going to no. start the second no. you land... To the second, you're all dead. And if, I'm, and if I'm honest, if I'm honest, it was a bit of a selfish choice because he, he's also, he's, he's, openly, he's openly gay and, and, and I would quite like to have a gay best friend in that situation. <laughs> I'm just like, I need someone. I need someone. Even if all we do is bitch, but that's the whole point of having a gay best friend is they are the best at being bitchy. Uh, and we know this from his own work. He is very good at just going, I hate that person, hate that person, hate that person. Um, and then wondering, why isn't anyone listening to me? And you Going because you're you're there's a lot of hate going on, Owen. There's just a lot of of derogatory stuff going on. Uh, yeah. So I I feel that while I and I think this is the the contrast that I wanted to mention is that it's not just enough to it's not just enough to have a good policy or, or be in favor of good things. You have to go right about it in the right way because obviously Pretty and Lauren both believe in what they support. They believe in the policies that they're voting for. They believe in the platforms that they're running on. And so does Owen. But sometimes it's 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 the way you deliver your message rather than the message itself that's the most important. And that's for me where he sometimes falls down a bit. Yeah, I mean, I so I mean, I agree with you that I'm so sort of broadly you know, people who've listened to this regularly won't be surprised to know I'm sort of broadly, you know, on the same side as he is. But I think there's a point where like you know, you look at the Daily Mail or something and there's so many sort of articles saying this is why you should be outraged today. And then I think sometimes I look at The Guardian and I feel it's not that different sometimes in terms of... Like, it's not as vitriolic, it's not as hate-filled. You know, it's coming from a sort of maybe a more like, you know, they want more sort of equality and justice. But there's a lot of going, did you see this thing? This is fucking outrageous. Look at how bad this is. And sometimes I'm just like, I just want to be like, 
Owen, look, I agree, but can we just can we just like I don't know, throw throw rocks into a hole for a while and just try and entertain ourselves rather you know, I don't I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about Marx today. You know, like can we just I don't want to talk about inequality you know, you reminding me how shit the world is all the time. Can we just let's just keep it light, just for today. And I don't think he'd be very good at doing that. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that I think sometimes the only difference, as you pointed out, between the Daily Mail and the Guardian is a thesaurus. That's really, you know, they're both equally outraged from their own positions, but the Guardian uses slightly flower, more flowery language. Uh, and, and, and that is it. I think that if you truly want to be, I think the truly uh, intelligent thing to do, if you if you really want to research you know this whole do your research do your own reading which is what we get all over facebook is whenever somebody believes in a conspiracy it's immediately mm. well do your own reading why should i do it for you and you're going well this is why the left is winning because they actually spread the information and share the information instead of keep it to themselves but anyway uh, so is to read across across a wide range of of documents and publications so that you can see what all sides are saying because actually there are times where i've read a daily mail article and yes most of it's bluster but sometimes you go actually that's a good point i i can't disagree with that point in the big scheme of things Uh, and i think it's important to try and see it from all sides and that's what um i think that's the other thing that that owen does that that puts everybody's backs up is that he's so staunch in where he sits that in mm. a lot of he's very well educated very well read very well researched but when you sit that staunchly in one position and judge everyone else who isn't in your camp yeah then yeah. you immediately lose a, a lot of currency because then people go listen if you if you're not willing to to bend for new information because you're not even willing to listen to new information or because of the of the messenger if you're blaming the messenger before you've even read the message, then you become less a less worthy advocator. I mean, you've obviously put the thought in and you've come up with just... what well, It's just a horrendous... I was going to say melting pot, but they're, they're never going to melt together. So, you know, just a horrendous group of people. Oh, and it's oh just there's a, no melting. Like, no. There, there will be no sex on this island. That is the you, other thing. There is no sex on this island. Nobody... No, 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 no. Yeah, no. And you know when you see, like, in astronomy and there's, like, Jupiter has that red spot and that that red spot is a storm that's been raging for thousands of years. You've basically created that on your own island. So, um, so yeah, kudos. <laughs> I, thank you. Do you know what? I'll be honest. I, I By the time I came up with my combo, I was quite excited. I was like, actually, <laughs> actually, I would I, I would love to see this. Can we do a Big Brother where, I, where we put these three in the Big Brother house? Because <laughs> I would watch that show. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people would, maybe from behind sort of closed fingers, you know, in front of their eyes. But uh, yeah, okay. Now, Ria, moving on from people, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of a plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they, and why are they so bad? Oh, yeah. So the the food is is truffles, and by okay. truffles I mean the, the roots. In the ground, yeah, not the, the chocolate. Mushroom yeah. fungus things. The really expensive ones that all fancy restaurants are like, oh, and then I shave a little truffle on the top for you. And I'm like, <laughs> why would you do that? It smells like feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't stand truffle. And 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 it's becoming more and more common amongst us common folk to get a little taste of truffle. And people get so excited and you can buy truffle oil and you can get truffle chips where it's, you know, it's grated on top of your chip. It smells mm. like feet. There's a reason it has to be buried in the ground. There's a reason you need a pig to find it. This is not... <laughs> 
this is not good food. Mm. It's awful. And yeah, it's just, oh, every time I've smelled it or tasted it, it's just, it's like, you know, it's it's dick cheese. It's just awful. And I'm sorry to bring that <laughs> phrase up, but it, I can't stand, I cannot stand truffle at all. Yeah, I've only ever had like, stuff that's flavoured with it like you know rather than the real deal because I mean because I don't know everything costs five times as much as soon as you put real truffles on it but it's yeah it does just you know you kind of I ordered some chips and now they really stink and it's uh, and it's kind of unexpected at least if you have like stinky cheese you kind of you sort of expect it but when it's like why do my chips smell like this this is and why do they cost three quid more for this oil on top of them it's like i don't quite get it and then it sort of becomes synonymous with like you know something a bit flashy so yeah you get crisps as well and it's it does seem to be kind of spreading everywhere well exactly it's it's one of the things that people pick up on and they go oh look at this i'm so i'm so posh and i eat this and that and i'm going taste it it's like chili flakes have you noticed that there's now just everywhere chili flakes oh we're going to give you avocado on toast with a little bit of chili flake i'm going chili flake is just dried chili seed they get stuck between your teeth they don't Mm. add flavor use some chili use Mm. some actual chili you know Uh, and there's so much you can do with chili but just dried flakes truffle so i mean I guess I, I, I said truffles generally, but maybe the worst of it is, as you said, is the truffle oil because then it's infused, isn't it? Mm. It's infused. You can't escape it. At least if it's shavings of truffle, you can pick it aside or swallow it whole and, you know, down it with a down it with a, a chaser of some kind. But yeah. no, I, I think it's it's trumped up food. Ugh, that word has been ruined forever by that man. But <laughs> it, it's just it's pretentious food for pretentious people. And our lives would be perfectly good without it, if not healthier and better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, sometimes on MasterChef, you see like someone on a dessert will just put some gold leaf on it and it's adding nothing. And they always get a bit pissed off with them doing that because it's like, why? I, you know, I can eat this, but it means nothing. It's just gone. This is more expensive now because it's got gold on it. And this is like maybe one step removed. It, you know, it is food, but it's like the gold leaf of food because a lot of times it's like you're not using that in the way that you'd use mushroom to sort of enhance a dish. You're just sort of going, here's an expensive thing. Bosh, there you go. Done. It feels lazy. And whoever looked at gold and went, mmm, that looks tasty. Oh, yeah. I, you know, you know what this is missing? It's missing some gold. That's mm. what this is missing. You know, it was really nice, but the textures, it just needed a little bit of, of you know, of a thin slice of gold. Yeah. No, it's exactly yeah. the same as that. Yeah. Fair enough. Good choice. And, and what are you going to wash those truffles down with? <laughs> so uh, this, again, controversial. I'm probably in a very small boat on my own right now. I've built a raft and I'm, and I'm <laughs> rowing off the island in, in contention with this. Coffee. Coffee, okay. I yeah. don't like coffee. I went on a trip. We traveled from California to Austria when I was four, four or five years old. And that journey was quite long. And I remember, you know, you're jet lagged. You haven't slept well on the plane. And we got off and Austrians love their coffee. And the entire airport, we got, we landed at like 8 a.m. And the entire airport smelled of coffee. And that coupled with me feeling ill and I hadn't eaten just put me off coffee for life. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like the taste of it. I don't actually do caffeine very much. So even if I have a small amount of coffee, that would probably just send my heart into, you know, AFib or, or, mm-hmm. or something, you know, something. Um, I, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. I mean, there's amazing, there's, a, you know, 
truffle is another example of it, but coffee is another example of where we've managed to find a plant that we can't actually eat as it is. So then we go, how can we eat this plant? And we're like, I know, let's take the seeds and burn them to fuck. And then, okay, can you eat the eat it now? Mm, you could, but how about this? Then we'll smash them to pieces. Then we'll put water through it. Cold water? No. Hot water. We'll put hot water through it. And then after that, we'll take that liquid. We'll add sugar and cream so it doesn't taste like it did. So it's sweet and it's palatable. And mm. then we'll... That you know that process. Oh, and if you're really super rich, before we burn the beans to fuck, we'll get a cat to eat them and shit it out. Oh yeah, that that civet coffee, isn't it? In um, civet coffee, yes. So it just uh, overall, uh, I think it's South Af South America. The okay. civet cat in South America, I think. Don't quote me on that. But I'm just saying, if you have to go to that much trouble to get a plant to be palatable or edible. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's it's not great. It's I remember I just I always like astonished when people just drink black coffee because it seems quite cool. And you know, I'm 38 and I still just it's to me it's like I'm supposed to be a grown up. I'm supposed to like this kind of stuff, but doesn't anyone realize this tastes fucking disgusting? Like it's really like bitter and nasty and I'm like am I just not in on this. Are you just pretending because you look cool? It's like, how do you like your coffee? Black. You're like, good man. You know, it's like, what What are you getting? Maybe, you know, it's one of those things where some people just have different taste buds or something, but I just think it's it mental. It must be. It must be because some people like their coffee so thick and dark that it, your fork can stand up in it. You mm. know, you just sort of, you know, they're eating it practically. Yeah. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand it myself. I mean, tea, I'm a tea drinker now. I didn't, pick up tea as a habit until I was in my late 20s and actually I only drink one kind of tea and it's herbal so am I really a tea drinker but my point is is that you could take leaves pour hot water on them and call it tea and it's done and that mm. makes a lot of sense to me you can do it with mint look at that mint infusion boom drink coffee so much so much to go through it's sort of like when the Japanese go, oh, we will do the blowfish, but before the blowfish, we have to do this, that, that, and the other in order it doesn't kill you. And you go, if it yeah. can kill you, maybe skip it. Yeah, there's loads of other fish. Yeah, have a salmon. Salmon's mm. perfectly lovely. Um, so, yeah, mm. unfortunately, I am... I'm. I, this is, again, let's go back to it, but this is why I picked those three people. I am miserable in the eating department. I'm probably losing weight by the week, you know, because Lauren's not you know shooting fish every day because uh, it's not like shooting people so it's not as easy and so I'm I'm stuck on truffles and coffee and I'm miserable and and that's why I needed a bit of entertainment from those people yeah and they're pungent foods as well even if you just had something that was really boring and bland to eat forever like just a, a root of some kind you know just having like those two really pungent things to sort of survive off is is horrendous so yeah a good choice a good choice there okay now Ria fortunately you're not going to be with our entertainment on this island the oh. planes entertainment system continues to work <laughs> but just your luck it only has two working settings one is your least favorite film of all time and the other is your least favorite song what are they and why this was hard this was hard to narrow it down i'll be mm. honest um because it's more like entire genres of film and entire genres of song that okay. that would drive me mad because if I don't like something, I don't pay attention to it. So mm -hmm. so I, I picked something that exemplified one of the genres that I don't like okay. uh, for the film. Right. So for the film, I picked Titanic 2. <laughs> Titanic 2. Titanic 2. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, and 
and let's start with Titanic one to get to Titanic two. I've never seen Titanic one. No, me neither. And and mainly because when I go to the movies, I like a bit of a story, and I don't understand how people went and sat through three hours of a film where they already knew the ending. I just mm. I was like, how how are you? Oh yeah, but there was a romance. I'm just going. Did they make it? No. So it, that's a shit romance. That's not a romance, is it? They didn't make mm. it. They weren't together. So Titanic itself already boggles my mind that people not just watched it but liked it. But then that somebody went, how about Titanic two? And I'm going, who is stupid enough to get hopeful that this film? might be different to the last film, right? <laughs> you, like, who's sitting there going, maybe they make it this time? Of course they don't mm. make it. Of course they don't. So Titanic 2 is, uh, but Hollywood's gotten a hold of it. Because there's no truth in Titanic 2, because it's completely fictional, they Hollywooded it up, uh, you know, with all sorts of special effects and the rest of it. But bottom line, at the end of the day, I mean, there's a helicopter in this one, right? Mm. There's a helicopter. But at the end of the day, the ship sinks. And yeah. it hits an iceberg and it sinks. So I think having to watch that on repeat forever yeah. would be a nightmare. Is you I, know. I looked this up and um, it said in an article I read about this Titanic 2, it said that it was it went straight to TV in Australia. Like there was no proper theatre release, <laughs> there was no video release, straight to telly, but in Australia. And that, I mean, that speaks volumes, I think, about the quality of this film. And I saw the trailer for it, and it's like, it wasn't made that long ago, but the special effects were from a long time ago, from what I can tell in the trailer. It's like, they obviously, you know, because it's nothing to do with the other one. It's just someone's gone, no. I'm going to make Titanic 2, and it's nothing to do with any of the original people. So they've just kind of gone. Uh, we've got no money, but hopefully it'll do well. And it just looks like it was made in sort of 1993 or something. I don't... I, I, I'll be honest. I think it was a tax dodge. I think whoever funded it was just like, how do I, how do I, you know, how do I fiddle my accounts? I know I'll donate a lot of money to, mm. to a film and they'll fiddle it that way. Because you're right. Yeah, it was, it's taken a long time to make and, and, and then it never, it never came out quite right this the cast is different it just it has nothing to do with james cameron and one of the reasons why it's so rubbish uh but it's just the idea just the fact this is what frustrates me i work in the arts and it frustrates me that there are people writing original content and this is what's getting made yeah yeah, and and paid and i mean i'm glad all the actors got paid and got work and i hope it didn't damage their careers that they were in it but other than that i'm going this is this is a travesty that they've Mm. done this you know no imagination also i'm annoyed i'm giving spoilers out now so turn off i mean well if you couldn't (laughs) guess that the titanic sank that's on you but you know skip forward 20 seconds if you don't want this this plot spoiler it also annoys me that they did exactly the same thing they had a couple and then the guy dies sacrificing himself for his girl and then the girl survives uh just like in the first movie i'm going it's 2020 you know little equality here why not swap it around why can't she die and he goes off and is heartbroken for the rest of his life. Mm. Why does it always have to be? Why does the man have to be the hero? Why couldn't she have been the hero? She was a nurse as well. Like, let her be, you know, let her be the self-sacrificing hero instead of the guy who doesn't even be a hero because he fails. But anyway, nah. Yeah, no, I think I think it sounds like a terrible... Well, it looks like a terrible film. And also, the other thing is, you know, you've just survived a plane crash, so even, you know, if the film had any entertainment value, it could be quite, you know, upsetting when you're, you know, watching another sort of 
water-based crash of a you know big transport with loads of bodies everywhere. So uh, yeah, it could be quite problematic in that in terms of your recovery. I think the only positive to it is that it would it would it would evoke some quite interesting discussion around the campfire between me, Pretty, Owen and Lauren as to who they would say first. Like, we'd mm. all watch the film and then they go, no, Owen will be like, children and women first and Pretty would be like, people who legit, you know, the paying passengers first, the staff can wait. You know, <laughs> Lauren's there going, every person for themselves. If we had so, more guns, it wouldn't have sank in the first place. Right, because we could have blocked all the holes with the guns, yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's, that's that's the movie. That's a gonna... very sensible choice. Okay, what would your song choice be? Uh, okay, I, I wonder how controversial this will be. I don't know if you've had it before. My mm. song choice is "Do They Know It's Christmas" by Band Aid. This is a good choice. Yeah, good choice. <gasps> it's uh, you know I was going through again. I was thinking about the genres of music I don't like, and actually I don't like. I'm not. I don't listen to hip hop. That's not my thing. Um, mm. But when I thought about it politically from the point of view of what's the worst song i realize that w- the worst songs that have ever been made are not genre specific because there can be a lot of musical positives to to hip-hop and all the genres have some amazing mm. artistry in them it's really the intention behind this song that makes it so appalling and and again it's that kind of well-intentioned but misguidedness of it yeah. uh that that i i react to now, i'm not african I'm, I'm half filipino i identify as asian but i do feel the pain on behalf of a lot of very proud africans who go Th- this is pa-. and this is the same problem we see every year with 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 um red nose day is that we're being sold a particular picture of Africa by the media that isn't fair to Africa. Mm. Because yes, there are parts that are obviously struggling and with famine and with war and that need help. But there are a lot of thriving economies and and positives to Africa that we're not being shown. And I think this kind of slightly arrogant white idea of, oh, let's let's help everybody. Do they know it's Christmas? And you're going, well, no, because they're a different religion. They don't they don't celebrate Christmas. This is not this is not their thing at all. This is you yet again. It's just a different way of being a missionary, isn't it? Yeah. Through music. I, it's just missionary. It's that missionary kind of we're doing what's best for the natives and what's best for the, you know, you know for the for the tr- the tribes is bringing them our culture. Well, no, actually, it was disastrous the last time you did it all the way through the hundreds of years. Uh, stop, stop, stop bringing your culture. Maybe yeah. start listening. I feel like with that song, it was, you know, it was meant it was a means to an end. It was like, let's raise some money at this time in, in history and let's kind of you know uh just this is just a big charity thing but it wasn't meant to last as long as it has so the idea that now it's just this christmas single but you know you're not raising money with it anymore you know you're you're just playing it whilst you're buying loads of presents for people that they don't need in a shopping center it just feels so weird it's like it should have been taken out of rotation ages ago it wasn't meant to be a christmas song it's a charity song at christmas so and now it's worse because, you know, at least if they every year they were like, OK, we're going to bring it back, but with new artists, we're going to raise money again. We'd be really bored of it. But at least they'd be doing something where it's like, we've had it, it's been what, like 30 odd years and more, hasn't it? I mean, it's not well, supposed to be... Well, they redid it. F- didn't, didn't they do... Band-Aid did it, did it again. They did I a think re-release. they have done a couple of re-releases that people don't really take seriously, but it's still not meant to be a happy Christmas song. It's about, like people having a shit time for all kinds of reasons. 
But we forget well, that, and it's, you know, we're yeah, dancing that, to it at an office party. This is true. I mean, that's the other problem is that it's sort of we've acclimatized to the message and therefore aren't actually hearing the message anymore, which, as I said, was well-intentioned. Um, I think I'm also really sensitive to to celebrities piling on. Uh, this was the this is the original ice bucket challenge. Let's be honest. Mm. Do they know it's Christmas? Is the ice bucket challenge of the eighties? How can I show that I'm you know that I'm thoughtful and caring and the rest of it? I know. I'll go into studio for a day and give a day of my time for free, and then everyone will be like, Oh my god, yes, I'm I'm so into I'm so into charity. Uh, which is the problem. The ice bucket challenge was supposed to not just raise awareness for ALS, but raise money for ALS. You were supposed mm. to get sponsored in order to do it. And what happened was is people kind of forgot about the sponsoring. Would just do it, get go viral on their own, you know, in their own little social media community, and then mm. nominate two other people who are like, "Oh well, I've been nominated. I guess I have to do this." It's like, a you don't, a you could just say someone nominated me. I'm not doing that, but I'm going to give a hundred quid to ALS charity. Yeah, and that's the right way round. But it, you know, to do it, you know, at least at least with the London Marathon, people still remember to get sponsored for it before they do it. Before you run with a fridge on your back or dressed up as Piers Morgan or whatever you're running as a banana, <laughs> get sponsored. Uh, and and that's what I feel this is, has, that's you, that was kind of the, the two things I was going, mm, but how mm. much are these celebrities doing? Did they do a whip round at the same time and go, hey celebs, give us all the spare change in your wallets because you can afford it and in addition raise a couple thousand? Yeah. I don't think they did. Yeah. Did they? I mean, some did. Again, I'm I'm sort of lumping them all together, which isn't fair. There are, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good work being done out there uh, by celebrities. But I I just it it's the contrast between this and 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 I and I and, oh it sounds unfair. I see the purpose of this. The purpose of this is a bunch of celebrities get together, create a product, and then everybody in the country can participate in that charitable event by buying the single and we can all feel good about ourselves. But I'm just saying it doesn't need to be that way. We can all just give to charity on the daily in so many different ways. And if you can't give money, you can give time or or you can volunteer for things. Like there's so many other ways of actually giving to charity. Yeah. And this yeah. for me is doesn't represent the best of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sick of it. And I think just, I mean, you know, even aside from all that, just as a song, not a very good song. And also, <laughs> being stuck on an island, there's, I think, some people have picked sort of Christmas songs before, and I think there's a certain, like, madness that only listening to a Christmas song out of season repeatedly can bring. You know, like, if, if someone was to go past your island and just hear that booming out, you're like, OK, we've got to get these guys, something's wrong. Whereas if they heard any other song, they might think you're having a, some kind of weird, angry beach party or something. You know, yeah. whereas it's just, I don't know, just being stuck with just a Christmas song, like, just hearing it at the wrong time of year, it's just something so grating about it as well. And, you know, obviously then you're going to have all the political... Owen Jones is going to be straight all over those political arguments. It's going to start the other two up again, you know. Pretty's going to be, like, talking about foreign aid and why they should even give money to Africa and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, a good it's choice, It's so I think. true. And Lauren's going to be like, what's Africa? What, what? I don't understand. You mean um, by Toto? Yeah. <laughs> 
Would she know Toto? Would she know I Toto? Know. I don't know. She'd know I, I the thought, dog. I don't know yeah. if she'd know the artist. I just thought they might play it in her steak restaurant. You know, it's that sort of thing. But um, anyway, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Okay, well, look, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. <laughs> Which animal is it and why? Okay, before I answer this, can I ask mm. what other animals you've had? This was the hardest thing. I am, I am a massive animal lover. Finding an animal to hate or to, to, to label as a dick. Although I do have good reasons for my choice, but what, have well, you had this animal before? What have you had? We've had we've had everything. I mean, I tell you what, we've got. So I have my spreadsheet here made by our, our lovely listener Paul, um, and I can tell you that the most picked animal is uh, always cats by a long margin. Oh. Then then dogs, um, and then you know we've had everything from sort of insects to mammals and. Uh, yeah, quite a few in between. I think, um, well, why don't, you, why don't you tell us what, what your choice is? So I picked the bottlenose dolphin. Okay, I think dolphins have been on here before. Okay. Not often, but yeah, I, I want to hear your, your reasoning. So the bottlenose dolphin, one of the most intelligent creatures outside mm-hmm. of humans on the planet. Uh, but they are amongst the few animals in the other species other than humans that kill their, that kill. Mm. Uh, and I don't mean for food, but I mean that just murder. And in the case of the bottlenose dolphin, we think they murder for fun. Right. They they have a record of targeting uh, porpoises. They target uh, their own young. Um, and if and in some species, we see that the males might kill the young of a female in order to mate with them themselves. We see that a lot, where they'll kill the young, remate with the female to ensure that the young are definitely theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, the dolphins are killing the young and not mating with the females. In fact, we've seen evidence that females are killing the young. So it's it, it's not just about uh, reproduction. It's just like, uh, this was a mistake or, or, you know, revenge. I hate your daddy left me. I don't know what. <laughs> but so and, and actually, they've seen evidence that bottlenose dolphins also use their their sonar location to target the weakest parts in a porpoise. So, so they're beating por- they're, they're beating porpoises to death. They're actually beating them up. We're finding we, we find porp porpoise this was oh, porpoise carcasses say that 10 times while drunk <laughs> uh but we're, you know they were finding porpoise carcasses they weren't sure why they were dead and then they were seeing you know when they were analyzing the behavior that they actually use echolocate uh, echolocation no, their sonar location i don't want to get that wrong scientifically but i think it's sonar to mm-hmm. target the weak areas in the porpoise to make sure that they definitely kill them um and so overall i thought that is the dickest thing i've heard of in the animal kingdom. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like... Because, you know, we know that humans as a species, you know, we're capable of immense kindness, but also of horrendous acts of violence as well. It's almost like with a dolphin, it's like, God, we're so intelligent, but we haven't got hands to actually make anything. So all of this pent-up intelligence and frustration... It's going to get so frustrated, we're just going to resort to murdering stuff for fun because we've got nothing else to do with our with our intelligence. So all I can do is sort of highlight the weakest parts of a porpoise and murder it because... I've got all these ideas for a fucking, you know, for nuclear fission, but I can't... I've got flippers. It's not going to work. I'm in the water, you know, I'm just, and it's just like they, they just get so angry with themselves that they just start killing other things. Yeah, and and it's not like they're overlapping. That's the other thing is there's no evolutionary purpose for it. They don't overlap with porpoises in terms of food. They're not share, you know, sharing. Ha- uh, you, they're not in competition with each other. But mm-hmm. groups of males, adult bottlenose dolphin males, 
often g- gang up and, and kill porpoises. Um, so I'm a massive fan of them. But when it comes to a dick move, like if this if this is the island of the porpoise, then the bottlenose dolphin is definitely the dick mm. in this in the water going yeah. around beating everybody up. It also feels like they've got sort of slightly duplicitous nature as well because they're so, you know, they just look like they're happy all the time. And, you know, crocodiles kind of smile as well, but, you know, they also show their teeth quite prominently. Like, we know that they're bad boys. You know, we know that they're not the nice animals. They sort of go, I'm a bad one. Stay away from me or I'll fuck you up. You know, as a dolphin's like, yeah, sure, child dying of cancer. Yeah, you can swim with me. If that's on your bucket list, I'd be happy to help. Yeah, come on, just wait. Hold on to my fin. Great. And then they've gone, oh, that was good. I'm going to go and murder some porpoises and kill the young of my female species, you know, members of my species. It's like, you know... Well, exactly. And, you know, people will point to evidence that, you know, dolphins have brought people back to shore, swimmers that have been stranded too far out to sea and they bring them back. But actually, we don't know that they aren't also taking swimmers that have, you know, that have drowned, that we presume missing, presumed drowned, that they haven't taken them further out to sea. Uh, uh, so we don't we don't really know. Moving I, you back to shore so you can't find the evidence of all their fucking horrific yeah. crimes. You know, and they're like, quick, quick, there's a human. Just get rid of him. Exactly. And dolphins in general, you know, as if we widen it out to the full, you know, to the full family. I mean, killer whales, goodness sake. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you, you, what are you? What are you? What are you identifying as? Come on, pick a side. <laughs> uh, so so they're they're highly intelligent, but I can see that if they've got a feel for it, like I feel like I'd be I'd be all right swimming in the water with them. I think mm. I think we'd be on a we'd be on a level. But mm. I don't know if if Pretty and and Lauren would be as safe. And I yeah. and I can I just be clear? I don't say that like oh they look like porpoises. This is not a comment on their <laughs> on their feminine attributes. <laughs> but just just that if the dolphin senses that yeah this woman needs to be brought down a peg, they might they might take one or both of them further out to sea. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, look, I think you've put together a really good selection of people and things to be stuck with on this island. Um, it's not going to be short of fireworks, but I imagine that, you know, any rescue attempt is going to hear the arguing from a long way away and decide never to pick you up. So I think it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a good choice. What did I do to made. deserve this, though? <laughs> what did I do? That's what I don't get. No, no, nothing at all. But, I mean, you, you have been very skilled in putting together an awful selection of things. So, um, you know... In in that respect, uh, you've, you've done very well, but I'm, I'm sorry. That's all I can say. Um, now, uh, as some kind of peace offering, um, where's it, where can people sort of uh, hear or see more from you at the minute? Obviously, you know, we've got this lockdown at the minute. It's obviously really hard for comedians. And, um, but where can people find more of your work? I think the best thing to do is find me on the social media of your choice. I'm on, obviously, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, weirdly. Uh, but... Uh, I'm not on parlor because no one is. <laughs> and uh, so find me on your social media of choice. Reach out, say hi. That's great. And then if you also go to my website, realina.com, you can see a list of of publicly available gigs. Most of those, well, all of those, let's be honest, are on Zoom. But when I do do a Zoom gig, anyone's, everyone and everyone's welcome to buy a ticket. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. So those will be on, listed on my website. Cool. Nice one. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us on Desert Island Dicks today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.